grateful this evening for the privilege to be able to call on the name of the Lord and not just to call on his name, but to call knowing that he is still faithful to those that will call on him. Today, we're not calling on a one that is far off, that is not able to be reached, but we are calling on one that is able to respond today. When we simply say, Lord, come, we need you. We can know this. He is faithful to come. And I'm grateful for that this evening. Well, I pray you've had a blessed day. I pray that you have been able to enjoy at least part of it today. Hopefully it's the end of November and still no gloves, still no winter coat. Praise the Lord. That's a reason to shout right there. And uh, we'll, we'll take it. So let that carry right on through December and January. It'll be all right. So, uh, but tonight it is a joy to be back in the house of the Lord and, uh, I won't keep you long tonight. I know it's a busy time. I know you, that you have a lot of things going on. I know that some of you, while you're sitting here, you probably are already thinking about all of the stuff that you have to do over the next 72 hours to get ready for your family and all of those things on Thursday. And, uh, and I understand all of that, but, uh, how many knows that we do have a lot to be thankful for today? Amen. The Lord's been good to us. Uh, he's, uh, we're blessed uh, to be able, as we shared this morning, to to live in a land where freedom is still present. And we, we are honored uh, that we get to do so tonight. But today we're also blessed that we can come to the house of the Lord and uh, we can learn together and grow together. And I want to challenge us tonight for a few moments. If you have your Bibles with you, 2 Corinthians chapter number 5, we're going to go to a passage of Scripture and maybe teach a little more than preach tonight, but I want to share with you what the Lord has laid on our heart for sure today. Uh, if the Lord would help us, uh, I want to bring our attention. Uh, we have preached and taught on many of these things through the years, and how many knows if you've been if you've been preaching any length of time at all, especially when you start getting towards the 25-year mark, um, sharing the good news of the gospel, you're going you're going to preach something you preached before. You're gonna you're going to uh, you're going to visit some topics that you've visited before, and you you try to hear from the Lord, and you try to make sure that you're bringing fresh manna. When every time you come to the platform to speak to God's people and, and I feel like that's what we're going to do tonight the Lord help us but I want to deal with it seems like today has just kind of been a, a day maybe a word of warning to us concerning our nation as well as for an awakening of the church uh, I believe it's important uh, that we have ears to hear uh, when the Lord challenges us it's not for us to be people that experience destruction, but it is for us to become better, for us to become more fruitful. And uh, how many wants to be in a fruitful place? Amen. I, I want to be fruitful tonight. Uh, the remainder of my days, I want to, I don't want to just bring forth a little fruit, but I want to bring forth much fruit at the help of the Lord for the glory and the honor of the kingdom. But I want to talk to us today about the distracted church tonight for a few moments. How, anybody ever been distracted before? Every, all of us. If y'all going to be honest before the Lord tonight, you're going to have to be honest. I've been distracted a few times. 
And uh, we have we have said this before throughout the years and is you know a lot of times if you come up onto an accident or you talk to somebody that's been in an accident and you ask what happened they'll say well I just took my eyes off the road for a moment I was just a momentary loss of focus it wasn't that they was necessarily neglecting the responsibility but it was just they was distracted for a moment and uh, distractions are are, are times and things that can become deadly and and I, I want us to realize today that this is not a time for us to be distracted but this is a time for us to make sure that we are fruitful and that we are in our most fruitful place so Paul is writing to the church at Corinth second Corinthians chapter number five beginning in verse number 17 through verse number 20 I want to read in your hearing today and we'll just dive in for a few moments together it says therefore if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation, to that which God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. I want to look at verse number 20, the first part of that verse together, and it says, now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. If the Lord would help us for a few moments, I want to talk to you today about the distracted church let us pray dear heavenly father we thank you for your word we thank you for its anointing we thank you for the privilege to stand before your people today and lord i pray for the next few moments that you'd anoint this vessel lord let me speak uh, by the power and the unction of the holy spirit let us have ears to hear today we pray in jesus name amen and amen you may be seated thank you for honoring the word of the lord this evening now then we are ambassadors for Christ. The basic definition of an ambassador is one that carries the message of another. With that being said, I want to ask a question of us tonight, and that is this. If this is true, if there is men and women that are called to be ambassadors for the kingdom of God in this hour, then we must ask who is responsible to take this message in this moment. You and I today, we have to look at this from a biblical perspective and we find that when we do, there is no way around the truth of this matter and that is this. The answer is to all who identify as a child of God. We have been led to believe that it is the responsibility of others and not necessarily ours when it comes to carrying this great message that Jesus died, resurrected, sitting at the right hand of the Father. And he did that so that all men could come to a place of repentance. And we, we celebrate that message, and we should. But this evening, I want us to understand that if we are not giving birth to sons and daughters, it is only a matter of time, a very short time, 
before we are removed from the landscape. And when the church is not reproducing, it is a church that has become distracted. You can go all the way back to Genesis chapter number 1, verses 28 and the following. You will find that the first thing that the Lord said to Adam and Eve was simply this. I want you to be fruitful. I want you to have dominion. I want you to care for the place that I'm going to put you. But I want you to be fruitful. I want you to replenish the earth. What he was simply saying is, I want you to be someone that is producing that which you are. You will find after the flood, the very first thing that was said to Noah and his family was to be fruitful. I want you to replenish the earth. I want you to multiply upon the face of the earth. We come along and we find that Jesus speaking to his disciples, he simply begins to share with them that that which you have received, I want you to freely give. What he was simply saying, I expect you to be fruitful. I expect you to replenish I expect you to multiply that which I've placed in you I want you to take and deposit it into others and we know that when you begin to look at the world in which we live we find that there is a great decline in many areas when it comes to the church we will find that especially in this nation you will find that there was a time where the church did not just have a seat at the table, but it was at the head of the table. The church was where leaders went for advice and for direction and for guidance. It was the church that set the tone for the community in which it found itself in. But now, not only are we not sitting at the table, many times we don't even have a seat at the table. And part of that, you can say, oh, it's just the world. It's just a time. It's an evil day. But the reality is, is the church has become distracted. We began to make it about everything else except for what it was really supposed to be about. And today I'm thankful that we're not meeting in a garage with a potbelly stove with oil-stained floors. I'm grateful that that's not where we are today. I'm grateful for the blessings. I'm grateful for the increase. I'm thankful for all of the extras that God has blessed us with. I've been in many places that doesn't have what we have today in this nation and in many other nations as well. But can I tell you today that I have been in the mountains of Guatemala. I've been in the jungles of many other places and they didn't have all of the finer things but yet they still was the church of Jesus Christ and they was going after the lostness of humanity and they was not distracted. I'm afraid tonight that if we're not careful that which we have been blessed with is no longer a blessing but it's become a curse to us because if it's not exactly like we think it should be or it don't feel exactly like it should feel then 
it obviously something's wrong and it's got to be somebody else it can't be me because I'm altogether lovely and I've got it all figured out is what we think in our minds if we're not careful but we become so distracted and today can I tell you I'm grateful for the buildings I'm grateful for the increase I'm grateful for all of these things but none of these things really matter because the Bible teaches us that there is a day that all of this thing is going to be burned up with feverish heat and therefore if we're not careful we'll waste all of our time all of our energy all of our resources to build the latest and the greatest and please don't misunderstand me I'm grateful for all of these things that we have but can I tell you if this is all we have we don't really have much because it's not going to stand the test of eternity when you stand before the Lord and I stand before for the Lord he's not gonna ask us how many buildings we built he's not gonna ask us how many events that we held he's not going to ask us about how popular we was but he is going to have a conversation with us and we're going to have to give an account for that which he has given into our care and and I think one of the questions may be is uh, how well did you carry my message uh, why was it that I gave it to you in scripture I give it to you in written form that tells you that you are to go into all the world and preach the gospel but yet you couldn't even talk to your neighbor but you you, you did everything else but you you lived a distracted life because how many times have I heard through the years that preacher when I get through this season of life uh, you can count on me when when I get to that next level where 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 this is taken care of and I no longer have to be you can count on me I'll be there and I'll I'll help do whatever but you know there's always something else and there's always something else I've heard it time and time again people say well when I retire I'll have time to do something and then about three months into their retirement this is what I hear it simply is this I just don't know how in the world I was able to get all this stuff done because now I'm more busier now than I've ever been I don't know how I did it before preacher what I'm saying is that there's always stuff there's always things that will want your time and will want mine but do we understand who we are in Christ? I am bought with a price. I belong to another. Debbie looked at me this afternoon and she said, you don't have time for Africa. I said, well, what are you going to do when babies need to be fed? She didn't have much of an answer. But can I tell you, I, I have to make time for whatever God brings to my door. You see, what you and I need to understand is I'm not responsible if I don't know anything about it. But once I am made aware of the need, once I'm made aware of the assignment, once I'm made aware of what he's calling me to, I, I, I can make all the excuses in the world and say, I have to do this and I need to do that. But it, what happens is we become distracted. And tonight I want to 
tell you that we are in a place that if you haven't noticed that there is evil abounding all around us. If, if you haven't noticed, there's gross darkness everywhere. You, you don't have to go to Chicago to find it. You just got to go one block down from where you live. Uh, you don't have to wait and say, well, it, it, it's in this area now or it's over. No, it's everywhere. There's, there's darkness everywhere and the thing is that we have to come back and realize that the only way that darkness is dispelled is if light begins to penetrate it and I don't know about you tonight but your political party or your political preference is not filled with the light that I'm talking about uh, but it is only the church of Jesus Christ and the kingdom of God is not just any kingdom but it is a kingdom of light the Bible teaches us very clearly that in first John chapter 1 and verse 5 it says this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all I asked to ask you a question tonight would you like to see some darkness dispelled out of your community uh, would you like for some darkness to be dispelled out of your family uh, you'd say oh that'd be wonderful brother uh, that that that'd be great I've, I've prayed for that well can I tell you uh, that that light uh, that you're desiring to dispel that darkness uh, is living inside of you but the reason that it stays dark in communities and in families is because uh, we simply think it's not important to maybe share the good news of the gospel uh, but I have to remind you that he did not call the world but he simply called those that would call out on him and say Lord make a uh, me a new creation in Christ it is them and Paul was telling the church at Corinth he said listen there's some among you that's never even heard this thing yet and that's a shame unto you because he says you have been called to be an ambassador for the kingdom of God now I, I, I don't want you to understand I want you to understand this not everybody is called to be a preacher not everybody's called to be a teacher not everybody's called to be a singer not about that but it is about understanding that no matter what position you may hold or what gift you may operate in all of us are called to be an ambassador for the kingdom of God so what is that it means this that we are all called to carry this message and it's not just any message but it is the message that Jesus is the answer. And when you carry that message, you are carrying not just any message, but you are carrying the light, uh, which is the light of the world. And therefore, you and I, when we begin to understand that when we get to this place of darkness that we're dealing with, uh, it is the result of a distracted church that has failed to make the priority uh, the spreading of the good news. But today, I have to un let you under in on this little secret today that the world isn't going to change unless first there is a proclamation of the gospel. You say, why is that true? Can I tell you, why is the good news so important in this season of life? Notice with me, ever since Adam and Eve fell in Genesis chapter number three, since that time, every individual that's ever been born is brought forth in iniquity. 
Every one of us has fallen short. Every one of us is in a place where we are in need of a Savior. And can I tell you tonight, the responsibility rests greatly upon the church of Jesus Christ. And so when I began to look at this distracted environment that we're in, it's like, how do we change this? How do we move beyond it? Uh, Can I tell you, you and I must realize tonight that there is a great, great responsibility on you and I to share this glorious gospel. Yes, let us continue to do our events. Let us continue to do our conferences. Let us continue to encourage one another in the Lord. All of those things are important. Let's continue to do coffee every Sunday. I don't care. I'm not talking about not doing all of those things, but I'm telling you that you can do all of those things and still not be successful and do what God has called you to do. You can be distracted by all of this stuff, but we're only effective if we are reproducing. Some of the most devastating statistics that you will read today by Barna Research is the fact that over 95% of people of faith will never share their faith with anyone or will never lead anyone to experience Christ as their Lord and Savior. Can I tell you one of the greatest fulfilling things you will ever do is to share your faith and to lead somebody into the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It is the most important thing that we could ever do. So who's responsible to tell this wonderful, glorious news? It's you and I. Today I want to read just a couple of passages of Scripture, but I want to begin with Mark chapter number 16, verse number 15 through verse number 18, a familiar passage for many of you in this room, I'm sure. But I want to slow down and I want to read it with you tonight. And it simply says, and he said, this is Jesus speaking. He He said unto them, Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover." I have to look at this and I slow down and I look and I see a couple of words that's repeated over and over in those few verses and it's they and them. So the question is, who is he really talking to? Who's he really encouraging to be actively involved in? Simply, we find that he's really talking to the church in general, those that have put their faith and trust in him. God's way of salvation is not discovered by man or man's intelligence, but it comes to him by revelation and it must be preached to him from the revealed word of God. In Romans chapter number 10, verses 17 and 18, notice it says that so then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, verily their sound went into all the earth and their words unto the ends of the world. But I want to read that first part again. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. How many knows that you got to have faith if you're going to be saved? But how's faith come? got to have a hearing. How do you got a hearing? The word's got to be shared. Listen, there's some people that's never going to walk into the house of God. And they're not ever going to hear a preacher preach. So how are they going to hear the word preached? Through an ambassador. So who's an ambassador? Tell your neighbor and say, he's talking to you tonight. 
Now that makes some of you nervous because you say, man, I just, listen, it's amazing. In February of last year, or February of this year, rather, we was in Belize. I had Debbie with me and I had brother Bobby Mills and sister Wanda, dear friends of ours. And on Tuesday, we was driving down the road and I told, I looked back and I told Debbie and Wanda, I said, by the way, I said, Thursday morning, you guys will be speaking to the ladies in the prison. And they simply said, no, we're not. I said, yeah, yeah. And they said, we don't do that. And for two days, I heard nonstop of how they didn't talk, but yet they talked for two days. What I'm saying is it's real easy for us to say, well, I don't do that. But we have to pause, and I think we have to really, sometimes we we need that preaching, but sometimes we just need some practical teaching to make ourselves stop and think. And I want to ask you a question tonight. If Jesus, do you, if you really believe that Jesus Christ is the best thing that ever happened to you, I want you to raise your hand real quick. All right. Okay. I think I'm on track then. So if you can say that he's the best thing that ever happened to you, then why is it that we're so reluctant to share the best thing that ever happened to us? If it touched your heart, if it changed your life, and you got all of these people around you that you love that have not yet experienced him, why is it that we don't take the initiative to take the best thing that ever happened to us and to share with them that we love. Well, I I just don't want to offend anybody. Listen, I would rather offend somebody by giving them a message of love and giving them an opportunity to decide for themselves than for them to step into eternity lost without me ever sharing Jesus with them. You and I today have to realize we can make every excuse in the world but the reality of it is we're living in a distracted state because the enemy has distracted us from our real purpose listen my friend god's way of salvation comes through the shedding or the uh, the sharing of his word and it is our responsibility to share This gospel message has been entrusted, not to government, but it has been entrusted to the church. And you and I are the church. Now, when it has been entrusted to us, it means this. It has not been given to us for us to take it and to bury it in the ground. But it has been entrusted to us so that we could take it and we could share it and we could proclaim it from the rooftops of our lives in such a manner where it begins to touch the hearts of others, where we begin to walk with spiritual sons and spiritual daughters. Please hear me. If we are not reproducing, then we are distracted. Well, one day when they get ready, they'll just come, preacher. My Bible says to go into the highways and the byways and compel them to come in. It means this, love them right where they are in such a manner 
that they hear and see Christ in a manner where he's alive. I want to ask us the following question today is this, is how alive is your Jesus in the eyes of others? <coughs> how alive is he in the eyes of those around you? Notice all believers are responsible to respond to the command that we read in Mark chapter 16 and verse number 15. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. What does that really mean? It means exactly what it says. It means that you and I have a great responsibility to go and to take this glorious gospel. Can I tell you that there is a great need for hope right now? No matter where you go, whether it be in the United States or any other nation for that matter. Whether you're sitting with people that you know or people that you barely know. You will find that there's a great need for hope in this moment of time. And the only hope that we have is Christ. The question today is will we continue to live in a distracted manner? Or will we boldly proclaim who he is you see the world today they've tried everything else and it's left them empty but if you and I will be bold enough to share with them the message of Jesus Christ can I tell you there is hope in this moment you say but I'm not a preacher I'm not this I'm not that if you go to the book of Acts chapter 1 and you really slow down and you begin to read you will find that when Jesus was speaking and we've referenced this often, but there was about 500 out by the seashore that day. And he began to talk to them and he begins to tell them that, you know, giving them final words and final instructions. And he simply says, I want all of you to go to Jerusalem and tarry there because not many days from now you'll be endued with power from on high. We find that there was a large number of people that went into an upper room. But I can tell you this, on the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, when you read it, it wasn't all preachers, wasn't all prophets, wasn't all apostles, but there was men and women alike that was sitting in that room. And when the power and the anointing of God came in and it was noised abroad of what happened, they had a spokesman that day. Peter stood out and he began to preach with power and authority, empowered by the Holy Spirit. But if you read on over in your Bible, in the book of Acts, you'll find that about halfway through the book of Acts, there began to be some noise amongst leaders that simply said, oh, they've come here now. These are they that turned the world upside down. They did not say, this is Peter that turned the world upside down. It said, these are they. Meaning this, there was a group of people that never took the platform in the synagogue. But they was ambassadors for the kingdom of God and they was not distracted. And I want to show you what happens when somebody's not distracted. When there's a group of people that's not distracted, there began to be a multiplication. 
We're not talking about addition. We're talking about multiplication. When Peter stood up and preached, there was 3,000 that day. You find that then after the deal with the man that was lame outside the gate, the beautiful, and they began to preach and teach, and they began, there was another multiplication. Thousands more came. And it says this, and daily there was increased. Why? It's because daily there was people that was focused. Uh, They was not living a distracted life, but they was talking of the goodness of God, the grace of God, the power of God, the authority of God, the blessing of God. Can I tell you, this should be something that is burning inside of us in such a manner that we can't be quiet about it. Jeremiah found himself going through some very difficult seasons in his life. Jeremiah simply said, listen, my own family's trying to kill me. I'm done. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. I am over it. He said, it's done nothing but bring hardship to me in my life. I'm not going to say anything else about it. These people are crazy. They don't want to hear it. But he simply said, I'm done. But then all of a sudden he said, I can't be done because it's like a fire that is shut up in my bones. Can I tell you, when you understand the goodness of God and the grace of God on a Sunday night when everybody's tired and already thinking about turkey on Thursday, I I still just can't be quiet about it because of the simple fact uh, is he's been too good to me. uh, He's been too faithful to me uh, and I am not going to allow myself to become distracted, uh, but I have to say focused and know this, uh, that if my family's ever going to experience what they need to experience, it will be because Jesus is proclaimed. Uh, If my community's ever going to turn around, it's going to be because uh, somebody's going to choose to continue to be an ambassador in the midst of a distracted world. Uh, Can I tell you, uh, we've got to get our focus back and realize, uh, yes, let's build the other building. Uh, Let's do whatever God bursts in our heart to do. Uh, Let's do all the things uh, that we need to do to be attractive to a generation. Uh, But at the same time, uh, let uh, let us never forget Uh, The only way that we are really effective uh, is if we refuse to become distracted uh, and we continue to make Jesus Christ the focus uh, and the main point of our lives. Uh, Can I tell you what we need is a revival of truth. Uh, We need a revival of the power and the anointing of God. Uh, We don't need just a song and a dance. Uh, We don't need somebody just to get goosebumps. Uh, But we need a sinner to fall under the convicting power of the Holy Spirit uh, in such a manner uh, that they begin to call out and their life is forever changed and transformed, uh, not because they was in a church on Sunday, uh, but because they was sitting in a break room somewhere with a man of God or a woman of God, uh, or they was in the lumber store, uh, or they was at the gas station, uh, and somebody said, well, let me just pray for you right now, uh, and the power and the anointing of God captivated them in such a manner. uh, Can I tell you, this good news is not just good news on Sunday but it's good news every day. And we are not called just to be the church on a Sabbath day. We're called to be the church every day. So I want to ask you the question tonight. Are we living focused lives? Or are we simply distracted by the cares of the world in which we live? Please hear me this evening in closing. One may ask, why is it our responsibility to tell the good news? If you read your Bible and New Testament scripture, you will find that Jesus said this. He said, that which I've done, even greater you shall do. He simply said, you are to continue on that which I have started. 
When you look at the life of Christ, you look at the ministry, you will find that the primary ministry of Jesus Christ was to evangelize. If you take that word back to its original form where we get it from to evangelize or evangelism, it simply means to go. It simply means to take good news. And his primary ministry was to take the good news. And if you and I are to be like Christ, then you and I are to do that very thing. We are to take the good news. You will find that the ministry of those whom Jesus sent was the same thing. When he sent out the 12, when he sent out the 70, you will find that they was to take the good news. He didn't say take your opinion. He didn't say take your theology. He simply said take the good news. You will find also that when Paul and Peter went, they also took the good news. A gentleman that you don't hear a lot of people talk about in Scripture, you can read of him in the book of Acts, is a man by the name of Philip. The Lord began to anoint him and said, I want you to go this way. So he went down into a city and notice he didn't go with theologians. He didn't go with the latest prophecy trend. He simply went and he took the good news. And it changed the city. And when they heard the good news that Philip brought, it simply says this, that joy filled the city. I began to think on that and I began to realize that, you know, I go a lot of places and I don't see a lot of joy. I go to a lot of different cities and don't see a lot of joy. Go through a lot of airports and you sure don't see a lot of joy there. But unfortunately, I go to a lot of churches and don't see a lot of joy there either. And the reason I, I began to ponder on that, and I said, you know what? There's, there's an absence of joy because there's an absence of the good news. We talk about everything except for what we should talk about. Today, it's still about Jesus. I didn't come with a big message, but I come with the right message. He's still the answer. He's still the Savior of the world. He is still the lily of the valley. He's still the bright and morning star. He is still the beautiful rose of Sharon. He is still the beginning and he is still the end. But if the enemy can get us to talk about anything and everything except for him, he knows this, there can't be no joy. May I ask this question, when was the last time you talked about him in your house? Is it possible there ain't much joy there because he's not lifted up there? You see, when, when he is lifted up, all men are drawn unto him. Tonight, in the midst of a crazy world, it's still the good news that is the answer. I want us to 
understand tonight that it is necessary that all of us share Christ. Maybe that's something that's a little foreign for you. Maybe you've never been challenged to do so. But can I tell you it's the most rewarding thing that any of us can do. I was Friday evening I had the privilege to be in a church where I've been for the last seven years. Every time I've went I've always made time. It just has a special place in my heart. The first time I went they'd went through a very difficult season. I knew none of them there the very first time. And the Lord used us to minister and a lot of hurting people received just a special touch and it just formed a special bond with these people. I was privileged to be back with them on Friday evening and we had a young couple with us and this young couple is just now moving to Armenia. The young man is the son of a missionary. He's lived in many different places around the world. Last several years he's grown and lived in Moscow. She was raised in Russia. She's an Armenian, but her family left Armenia and have lived in Moscow all of her life. She come to the States to study for a little while, but they begin to pray as they are finding their way. They're very, very young, very green when it comes to ministry, just trying to find their way. Krista's very timid. Put her in front of a crowd, you get her alone. She's very vocal like a lot of Armenian women are. Very strong in their orthodox beliefs of what it was pounded in her as a child. But we brought them into the church on Friday evening and we spoke and Brother Bobby spoke and then we had a time of prayer and we prayed over this young couple because we left them when we left. They'll be staying in Armenia. And we left them in the care of some of the elders that are there. So it's a time of nerves for them. It's a brand new beginning. So they want to come to the music tonight. But while we begin to pray for them, then we turn and said, okay, now we're going to let you begin to minister and we're going to let you pray for these people. And it was almost like the air left their body because like what do we do but we put them there and I watched them become alive over the fierce few moments because they began to have to share they had to begin to deposit they had to begin to speak of the goodness of God and life began to come and after a few moments they began to minister to these individuals that is going to be their brothers and sisters in Christ that they're working alongside of. And I watched as they become focused of how much more confidence and how much more authority they begin to operate and move in. The Lord had been depositing what I'm trying to deposit into you tonight over the last few weeks. And I thought, you know, the reason that 
oftentimes we don't see the level of authority and the level of anointing that we desire is because we're so distracted. But once I removed the distractions from them and got them focused to where they were supposed to be and Brother Bobby began to give them instructions and I stood off to the side and I watched this young couple that was timid, that was hesitant, and after the first few moments began to become focused. And when they become focused, they become effective. Made us feel a little better about leaving them. What I want you to understand tonight is this. If you could become focused, you will become effective. But we got to make sure that we're focusing on the right thing. We've got to focus on Christ and Christ alone. A distracted church doesn't accomplish much. But a focused church will walk with the favor and the blessings of the Lord. A distracted man of God, a distracted woman of God will continue to experience want and will continue to experience disappointment. But a focused man of God and a focused woman of God that's willing to be the ambassador that God has called us to be will be a man and a woman of God that feels fulfilled and they will walk with confidence and they will walk with the authority of the Holy Spirit because he is always faithful to those that are faithful to him. On this Sunday evening, as you're getting ready to have an opportunity probably to sit at the table with those that you've maybe not even sat with for six months or since last Thanksgiving or last Christmas, you'll be sitting with those that faithfully attend church, and then you'll be sitting with those that haven't graced the house of the Lord since last Easter or last Christmas or what have you. Maybe you sit with those that haven't been there for years. I wonder what your conversation will be. I wonder if they'll be influencing you or whether you'll be influencing them. I'm not saying you have to break out the black leather bound Bible and beat them in the head the whole time they're there. No, that's not what I'm saying. But will we be an ambassador this week with those that we love the most? Or will we allow the Lord just to kind of be pushed aside and believe the lie of the enemy that says, ah, oh, you don't really need to do that? Or will we be focused? Will we be the hands and feet of Christ? Will we be his arms that embraces them and loves them? Can I remind you today that none of us have a promise of tomorrow but today is the day of salvation when you sit down at the dinner table this week with your family if the Lord sees fit to give us those days you have no promise that you'll sit with them next year a lot of things can change in that amount of time Let's not be distracted. 
But let's realize today that we have an awesome responsibility. But we also have this great privilege to speak on behalf of the King of kings and Lord of lords. This world needs Jesus, my friend. He needs the Jesus that's inside of you and inside of me. I want us to blanket the corner of the field that God has given us in such a manner that people begin to hear and see Christ. Not from a religious perspective, but from a place of relationship in such a manner. Can I tell you that people know what you're passionate about? You can begin to sit and talk with people. And if you're talking about something they're passionate for, that passion just begins to ooze out of them. Ever experienced that? There's people I've sat with, they can talk all day about a car. They can talk all day about a motorcycle. They can talk all day about a piece of furniture. They can talk all day about a stamp collection. They can talk all day about this gun or that gun. And passion just oozes out of them. And there ain't a thing wrong with it. And I can love that. But how much passion is oozing out of us as men and women of God in such a manner where we are able to pull them in and say, oh, if it's that joyful, if it's that rewarding, if it's that much peace, if it's that much rest, I need that for my life. I wonder tonight. As we stand all over the house together, I want to pray with you and pray for you tonight. pray tonight that you will not be distracted I pray tonight that this will be a week of opportunity this will be a week where you will be bold enough brave enough willing enough to share the goodness of God the grace of God Let's be what God's called us to be. Hey everyone, thanks for watching. I hope this message blessed you. And if you could, please check the description below for all of our links to our social medias. Um, and as always, check our page. You'll see all of our previous messages there. Uh, I hope this message again blessed you and uh, reached you where you're at. And thanks for watching. See you soon.